Hello, and welcome to the album, A Nerd's A Podcast. I am Dude. With me, as always, is Andy. Hi, Andy. Hey, buddy. How's it going, man? Yeah, no. Keeping it real, as they say. Good to hear. It's a good way to keep it. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good way to keep it. If you're going to keep it, that's how I would keep it. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Album Nerds Podcast. We talk about albums every week to you on the internets. Check us out on our website, albumnerds.com, on Twitter, at the same name. We uh, we love albums, and we are trying to keep the album alive in our society, focused on uh, immediate gratification. We still like to take the time to listen to the whole record. Hey, Andy. Yeah. What's a whole record mean? You know, the whole album, the whole group of songs that uh, come out at once. The band still take the time to craft. Are you saying that when my favorite artist records a song, it's not just that song, but it's a collection of songs called an album? <laughs> I don't know. It's an antiquated idea, but that is still how the music industry works. I love it. <laughs> I know. It's so cool, let's... right? <laughs> <laughs> Just just a uh, devil's advocate there to make sure people know what the hell we're talking about. I love it. I love it, man. Cool. Yeah. But uh, anyway, what's, uh, what's been going on with you, man? Anything uh, going on in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looks like we have lost another major rock and roll artist. Greg Allman of the Allman Brothers Band has passed away. It's sad. Yeah. It seems like every month now there's another prominent musician that we lose, unfortunately. Now, were you a fan of the Allman Brothers, or mm, not? Not hundred percent, but I always appreciate them for what they were. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I have a few of their records. Um, I like the Allman Brothers band. I'm not a super fan or anything like that, but you know, they've got some cool songs. And I mean, I guess they're considered Southern rock, late '60s, early '70s, mostly early '70s. Um, I believe. I'm not sure if it was Greg Allman or one of the other Allman brothers that was, I think it was Greg, that was married to, or maybe Dwayne. One of them was married to Cher at some point. Oh, yeah. I think it was Greg, actually. Okay. Yeah, they're, they were like a blues rock, southern rock sort of outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ramblin' Man was like their big, big track, right? Lord, I was born a Ramblin' Man. Ramblin' Man. Remember, man. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the most impressed me most about the news coverage about his passing was um, he looked almost identical to how he did back in the seventies. He had like the same haircut. He looks a little bit older now, obviously, but he had, like the same leather jacket on, like the same style, everything. The guy just is kind of uh, a timeless rocker, you know. Like he was who he was, one hundred percent. Yeah. Did Did he still have the soul patch? I always loved his soul patch. I thought it was cool. You know what a soul patch is? Yeah, you know under that the is? chin. Under okay. the chin there. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, right the under the lower lip, yeah. Yeah, I always wanted to grow one of those, but uh didn't work out. <laughs> I have I have one. You, I mean I have, you a, have a cool one, yeah. It just kinda sticks out like a pharaoh sort of, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like and it, it it's not quite like it's not thick. Like Velcro, like some people's are. It's more of a <laughs> right. wispy affair that connects to my beard if I let it get long enough. So that's what I do. I let it get long enough. And then Maybe. I just brush it right in with the rest of the beard. So yeah, um, yeah. So Eat a Peach is probably the biggest 
my favorite of the Allman Brothers albums. It's a classic. I encourage people to go listen to that if they haven't. Just, uh, you know, get a sense of what we've lost. And, uh, yeah, so that was sad. It, it sucks when, all, you know, these guys go. Uh, it appears he died at home peacefully. Yeah, that's cool. Not, not a, yeah, he was 69 years old. It's a little young, but I'm sure he lived a... Uh, hearty life while he was young <laughs> let's just leave it there yeah i'm sure he got uh, the most out of those 69 years yeah indeed so uh anything else going on for you there andy or should we get moving on this thing yeah we got a couple important things to talk about today so why don't we uh talk about our essential blues and essential jazz projects we've been doing for the last uh six months or so here checking in every month or so um it's kind of Going back through the history of uh, blues and jazz and American music and how it's influenced what we listen to today. So we both uh, we both got a jazz and a blues record we want to talk about and uh, get into some more detail. That's right. I'm the blues man. He's the jazz man. The jazz man. The jazz <laughs> man. <we're... laughs> <I like that. laughs> All right. You like those jazz cigarettes, too. All right. Let's kick it <laughs> off with a little bit of blues. Got my keys in my pocket. Mm-mm-mm. Gonna go to the store. Mm-mm-mm-mm. See, that's the blues. It's pretty easy. You got it, man. So, <laughs> so anyway, we have been talking for the last six months or so about these projects. What we proposed basically was exploring a new genre that we don't know a ton about, but has influenced music that we really like. And the blues have, is a very, very uh, deep part of rock and roll. And that's my... That's my genre. I mean, I like country and some other stuff, but I'm a rock and roll man. So I've been digging into the blues. I've been listening to old blues albums, started at the beginning, did some research about the way the blues started, who started it, what, the, you know, that it came from some like spirituals and slave songs, and it was uh, black Americans were the ones who created it, and it evolved over time. In doing so, in the 1960s, Blues was American blues was a really big influence on a lot of artists elsewhere, including England and a lot of young men in England that were forming rock and roll bands in the 60s were heavily influenced by the blues. And we've talked about some of those Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton. One of the major bands from the 60s influenced by the blues were the Rolling Stones. And so the album I've chosen is from the end of 2016. The Rolling Stones did a blues album, Blue and Lonesome, and it is excellent. It is um, traditional blues songs that they did. I believe they recorded it in about three days. And this is the Rolling Stones of the 1960s of millions of albums sold, of touring for over 50 years, of still doing it and doing it well. That's the way I like to put it. And um, (laughs) they put out this record that is old blues standards and it is great. I mean, I can't believe these guys are like in their 70s. So I made you listen to this. What's your general impression, just generally, before we really get into it? Um, yeah, no, I was excited to hear that they were doing this project. And when it came out, I was like, oh, my gosh, I this sounds like Rolling Stones 40 years ago. Like It definitely seems like it rejuvenated them and kind of blew some life back into their, their career. Yeah. Uh, so supposedly Keith Richards uh, in an interview had said that this was a result of the band learning how to play 
at Mark Knopfler's studio, and he's from uh, Dire Straits, and they just played some blues songs to kind of loosen up, and they decided after doing that that they should uh, put together a whole project. And it's their first album, I think, since 2005. It's their first album that's purely covers, I believe, as well. I really like it, and, and it's kind of led me to realize how important the blues is to rock and roll for me and some of my favorite bands, including the Rolling Stones. So if you don't mind, why don't we jump in? I'm going to play uh, the last track, I Can't Quit You Baby, and we'll just get a little sample. I love that stuff. So what what this has done for me is kind of bring this whole this whole part of the project to a close because I have listened to a ton of blues albums and I'm finding that I'm not jumping in and loving new blues artists, but instead like these versions of these blues songs are some of the favorites I've heard. And I've heard a lot of these songs before in going through all the all the albums that I have over the last six months. I feel like I've come to an end of the blues project and I'm going to move on to the, uh, another part of rock and roll for the second half of the year. And that's the country and Western portion. I'm going to dig into some of the old stuff, the, uh, you know, fifties, sixties and before, and really dig into that. And I've been listening to some Johnny cash and stuff to prepare myself. So, uh, the Rolling Stones were kind of the start of this for me, bands like them, and they've kind of helped me sew it up. So what do you what do you you know what are you thinking? Do you feel like I'm jumping the gun here, or is is this right? Well, I mean, if, if the Stones are kind of the uh, the apex of uh, of what you love about the blues, and that's kind of where you ended up, seems like a good place to stop. So I'm with you, man. I'm curious to hear uh, some get some more of a country education because that's something I don't know a whole lot about. And you've been slowly convincing uh, <laughs> me it has some merit. So yeah, I'm curious to hear that stuff. It's been good. Uh, it's been good hearing about all the the blues background, man. You've introduced some good records to us over the last uh, few months, and I'll keep uh, keep those listening to those anyway. Now, I encourage anybody that has caught on, anyone listening to us that's caught on to the blues because of it, keep going. Don't wait for me. Uh, so that track, I can't quit you, baby, is the last track on that album. And did you notice how great the guitar was? Oh yeah. So clean. Do you know why? No. Eric Clapton is on that track. <laughs> That's Eric Clapton? No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Keith oh, Richards is good. Funny. Ronnie Snedek. Wood is good, but... That was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's originally a Willie Dixon song. I'm just going to run through the tracks really quick. It's 12 tracks. Just Your Fool was a 1962 Little Walters blues song. Very stoppy. A lot of harmonica on this album. And I guess uh, they didn't do a lot of vocal overdub. Instead, Mick Jagger spent his time singing and playing harmonica. Um, and like I said, it was a three-day recording session. That's so awesome. That's the way Stones used to make records. They'd make two a year. So you didn't ha- you couldn't sit around and tweak everything. Track yeah. two, Commit a, Commit a Crime Was a Howlin' Wolf song. Uh, Blue and Lonesome, the title track, uh, was Little Walter as well. Strain- Jagger's strained vocals are really nice in there. It's a little slower, but it's a cool song. Number four was All of Our Love. Jagger was awesome on this one as well. I believe Magic Sam 
wrote that one. I Gotta Go was a little Walter track. Everybody Knows About My Good Thing. That's another great one. Eric Clapton plays guitar on that as well. Uh, Write Them Down. Eddie Taylor was the original artist on that one. Hoodoo Blues. Lightning Slim was the original on Hoodoo Blues. Little Rain was a Jimmy Reed song. And this is all super classic stuff, which is great. Another Willie Dixon with Just Like I Treat You. And of course, the, the last song was Willie Dixon as well. So it was really cool to listen to this because there's all these artists and all these songs I'd come across through through this project. It just felt like they were my favorite versions of it, as bad as that may sound. <laughs> so I know that I'm a rock and roll man at heart. Well, it's kind of a nice way to blend the two, the two uh, genres together. And, you know, it's something the Stones obviously cared about. And it's how, how they kind of became who they were. So it, it's kind of fitting that, that that's your last choice in the uh, in this project. I didn't plan it that way, man. But as I started really digging into this album, it became abundantly clear to me that I was like, this is what I want to listen to. This is what I want to listen to. So... Right, Here right. we are. All right, I'm going to close this out with Commit a Crime. And it sounds like traditional blues, but it also sounds like the Rolling Stones. And that is just right. That's just right for me. I love it. I, I keep picturing, when I was listening to this, I was picturing their young faces, not their current, <laughs> uh, let's say, wizened faces. Wizened. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it does sound like how they used to sound for sure. Um, I think there's something too, like the blues. I think of a blues singer. I think of an older kind of shriveled guy anyway who's been through some shit and and is wise enough to uh to be able to sing about it now so i think that there's there's something something that goes along with uh having traveled down the road a few times before you make a good blues record good point man good point but yeah i I loved it i encourage any stones fans listen to it i encourage any blues fans that maybe aren't familiar with the rolling stones or just you know know the hits from everyone knows the stone song but Dig into the Stones catalog. I mean, it's huge, but there are some really great records. And maybe one of these times we'll talk about some of their best because there are some amazing albums in their discography. Some that are meh, but some that are just absolute classics. So anyway, why don't we move on from me yapping and give Andy a chance to talk, everybody. I'm sure that makes you happy. Time to get jazzy. Here's the jazz man. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, I'm doing the jazz uh, central jazz project here, and I've been slowly kind of traversing through the decades of jazz, starting in the '50s, and I'm starting to crack my my head out into the uh, the '70s now. And uh, I don't know, it was pretty pretty apparent as I was kind of shuffling through some of the top records of the early '70s that there was something happening in jazz. There was uh, a fusion between uh, what was considered uh, popular jazz at the time and lots of other genres. You had albums like uh, Miles Davis' Bitches Brew coming out in 1970 with this fusion of, of really wild, crazy uh, free jazz with rock music. 
and it creates this incredible blend, which is unlike anything we ever heard before. Um, we also have like a guy like Herbie Hancock, who's combining like funk and R&B with jazz and coming up with sounds that no one's ever heard before. But the record I wanted to focus on is from an artist, a female artist. It's actually the first time we talked about a female artist on the show. Um, but her name is Els Coltrane. And she actually was the wife of John Coltrane. Um, and she put out in 1971 a really interesting fusion record called uh, Journey into Sachidahada. And which. Nice. You got it. You said it. I, I don't know if it's right, <laughs> but you said it nice. I think so. Sachidahada. Okay, the middle's a little rocky there, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's an Indian phrase, in case you uh, couldn't recognize. Um, and that's kind of what the fusion is here, too. It's uh, kind of American jazz with uh, some elements of African and Indian music, which I think is uh, pretty apparent right from the first track, the title track here. Uh, so let's try and get a little taste of that and just uh, give you a sense of, of where Alice Coltrane is at. Yeah, this is kind of this is what they were calling uh, spiritual jazz, and it's something that that Alice and her husband John um, were known for, kind of having created this kind of subgenre of jazz, where you're you're mar- marrying a lot of the uh, the Indian culture that was becoming popular in the late '60s in America with um, with the jazz sound. So uh, yeah, you can hear there's this uh, the tambura is played, which is kind of like a lute stringed instrument throughout the record, and that's kind of gives like that that Indian tone to to it. Yeah. I, I picture a lot of, say, a Woodstock attendees. Maybe they're a couple of years older. Uh, they're in their 20s. They're sitting around mm-hmm. smoking smoking jazz cigarettes and <laughs> l- listening to this. I mean, this was definitely more, yeah, spiritual, I guess, is the term. It was not what I expected at all. And as terrible as it sounds, yeah, it was surprising to have a female artist because we just never. We got to work on that. We're not sexist. I swear. Um, <laughs> no, it's just that at the time, a lot of the popular musicians were were men, I and mean, that's just kind of history. History. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, this was this is uh, yeah. this is very cool stuff, man. I'd never heard of her. I of course heard of her husband. How terrible is that? And uh, right. yeah, <laughs> interesting, interesting listen for sure. So yeah, tell me more because I didn't know anything about the. I guess I hear it now. I didn't know about the Indian music influence. I hear it now that you say it, but I didn't know that. So what else you got? Well, I mean, the record is, is named after an uh, Indian guru who had, had come to the U.S. in the late 60s um, by the name of Swami Sachinidhana. And uh, he, he kind of set up shop in New York City, and he had a lot of followers in the U.S., and, and she was among them. Um, she actually went on to set up her own kind of uh, Hindu teaching center, in California in the mid 70s and it's actually still running today she's uh she's since passed away but her uh, her teachings and her kind of workshop and is still going on today and her son actually is is pretty involved with with keeping all that going 
But yeah, the record itself is very loose. It has a nice jam feel to it. And actually, the next track I want to play here is actually a live take. Um, it's the last track on the uh, on the album called Isis and Osiris, who are uh, Egyptian uh, god figures and part of their mythology. Now let's uh, let's give that other one a listen. Yeah, that's uh, that's Pharaoh Sanders on uh, saxophone there, who's who's fairly well known at the time, had his own uh, successful career as a saxophonist. And on the harp is is uh, is Alice Coltrane. She also plays uh, piano and a myriad of other instruments. But it's uh, the harp we're hearing on this track. It's really cool, just cool like twelve minute jam at the end of the record. Really dug it. Uh, what do you think of that of that track, man? I liked it. Uh, no vocals throughout, right? I didn't catch any vocals. Yeah, no vocals. She uh, she does sing occasionally on some of her records, but um, this record is purely instrumental. Uh, I think it fits it fits the mood really well. It's really meant more for me. It was meant fit really well as kind of like good background music. Um, it's not as technical and as intricate as some of the other types of jazz going on, like Miles Davis and stuff. But uh, it sets a really cool mood and gets you in a good headspace. Uh, for doing other things. Yeah, so this is a little bit atypical from the jazz we were hearing in the 60s. Um, but now the 70s, they, they sound a lot different. And uh, we're kind of blending together different cultures and different types of music. And it's pretty exciting. So I'm going to stick with the jazz projects, keep it going, I think, through the rest of the year at least. Um, and we'll uh, we'll dig into kind of like the mid and late 70s uh, sometime next month. So keep your ears open for that. Yeah, everybody. Andy's not a quitter like me. <laughs> Is that what you're implying? It I could tell you were implying it. Hey, bro, you you do whatever's good on you, man. I, mean, be, 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 be. I will. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from the blues. <laughs> hey, man, the blues. You don't want to be blue all year round. It's summertime. You want to be happy, right? Hell yeah, country time. That's right. <laughs> Happier than country. <laughs> Nothing. That's right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's transition to our uh, last segment here on the show. All right. As we are about halfway through the calendar year, we thought it'd be a good time to maybe uh, reflect, look back for a minute, and and uh, just kind of go over some of the awesome records that we've loved from this year, 2017, and uh, make sure that. You're all aware of them, just in case you missed them. So we wanted to just kind of run through some of our favorites, and we'll just go uh, go back and forth here. But first, I just wanted to run through the ones we talked about in the show. We don't need to go into too much detail, because we've already talked about them probably more than we need to in previous episodes. Especially me. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, can't help. We love talking about music. But uh, let's just go through them and... In reverse chronological order here. So starting out the year, we loved that Brian Eno ambient record called Reflection. And uh, also we want to mention the uh, kind of the rock, rocking record by uh, Leopold and his fiction titled Darling Destroyer. 
and a little more aggressive rock record by Vance called Dumb Blood. Yeah! Yeah, your favorite. <laughs> I love that album. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You got uh, Can't Forget King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard with uh, their kind of uh, also kind of Indian-infused uh, record, uh, Flying Microtona Banana. We'll be looking for more from them this year. They're planning to record five albums. Is that right? They got five more to go. We got to get, get okay. on it. <laughs> All right. Keep going, King Gizzard yeah. and the Lizard Wizard. And we got two metal records that we both really loved uh, from Paul Bearer, their album Heartless, and uh, from Havoc, their record uh, Conformicide. Make sure you mention those. And then uh, kind of a cool like throwback uh, 70s pop sound from uh, the band Tennis and their record uh, Yours Conditionally. Yeah, anyway, let's move on to some stuff we haven't touched on on the show yet, but we thought it would be worth mentioning as uh, I'm not putting together like a list or anything per se, an ordered list, but we want to at least give some shout outs to some records that may have fallen through the cracks here. Why don't you start us off there, bud? All right, man. Uh, so I just came across this a few weeks ago. So it's Jason Eady, self-titled Jason Eady. That's E-A-D-Y. He's like a country music singer and guitarist, but it's uh, he's... I guess he's a figure in the subgenre of Texas country music, a form of classic country that's bent upon returning the music to its historic singer-songwriter roots. Um, he grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, influenced by bluegrass, and it's a nice little country record, folksy storytelling, the kind of stuff I like, and I've been digging into it and starting to really enjoy it, and uh, I plan to continue. And maybe we'll talk about it in length at some time, and I'll force it in your <laughs> ears. It. <laughs> I'll force it in your ear holes, Andy. Uh, looking forward to that. <laughs> I <laughs> no. bet you are. Now let's let's see. You want to play a little bit of that one? Maybe it'll give me an early taste. Oh, I do. So that one's called Drive by Jason Eady on the album Jason Eady. As you can tell, he definitely has that, you know, that song that's telling you about life. Storytelling. I love that kind of music. Yeah, country's good at it. It's a little more it's a little more twang than I'm uh prepared for, I think. But uh. a, little, <laughs> a little more twang than I'm used to as well, but I it sounds so natural that I, I think I I think I think it. I can yeah, I think I can get twangy with it, if you will. All right, man. Looking forward to hearing that some more. But uh, yeah, let's talk about a couple others that we are enjoying. Got a, a record. From, we haven't talked about much hip-hop on the show this year, but there were a couple of records I really enjoyed. Um, Kendrick Lamar, we have to mention him, kind of the one of the top rappers in the game right now, put out a really good record called Damn. It's my, not quite to pimp a butterfly, but it is a pretty solid release from him. Definitely worth checking out. And uh, one other rapper who it was a pleasant surprise for me by a guy that, by the name of John Wayne. It's all one word. Um, kind of an odd character, but he's put out a really solid record. Uh, it's called Rap Album 2. It's a really kind of a you know different type of, of rap than, uh, than you might be accustomed to. So that's a cool record to check out. I said a rap, rap, rapidy rap. I said a rap, rap, rapidy rap. How's that? 
That's pretty yeah. much exactly how he does it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right, so I'll throw a couple in here. We've got Willie Nelson, God's Problem Child. Yes, Willie Nelson is still alive, and thank God he is. He's still telling great stories. He's still writing his own stuff. And this is his 61st studio album. Wow. And it's really, <laughs> it's really fun to listen to. He's got some songs about friends that have recently passed, including Merle Haggard, who was on the last record that he put out. They did it uh, combined, and you know I love that album. Mm -hmm. It's just fun to listen to him. He's still around. He's still awesome, and um, just can't say enough about about Willie Nelson. I I'm trying to remember how old the man is. He's a few years old. Let me see if I can find <laughs> it really quick. He's eighty four. Eighty four. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'll throw another one out there. So listen to that one, everybody. Uh, Power Trip by Nightmare Logic. It's more of a, I don't know if it's speed metal, but it's it's a screamy metal album that I like. I am I like the band interviews I've seen with them. I'm trying to really dig into it. I've had some listens where I love it and somewhere I struggle a little bit. So... I'm going to keep working on the Power Trip Nightmare Logic. There's some good themes in the lyrics, and it just I haven't quite been able to click with it yet. So uh, that's on my radar for sure. And I'll just throw my last one in there, and this is more of a mention for people who continue to follow this band, Depeche Mode, Spirit, very popular in the 80s, English band. This album was kind of true to form, sounded good, sounded modern, but it also had that nice synthy sound of the 80s. I'm not a huge fan, but I enjoyed listening to it the couple of times I did, and I think it's at least worth mentioning that it's out there. So that's all I got. Yeah, actually, I listened to it a few times as well. It was, it was pretty good. They, they put out some decent music the last 10 years or so. Not amazing, but, but good stuff for sure. I think they threw some political current times type of stuff in there as well from what... You know, mm -hmm. from listening to lyrics. So, yeah, it, it's worth checking out. Cool. Just got a couple more I wanted to toss out there. There's a really good record from a folk artist uh, by the name of Laura Marling. It's called uh, Semper Fema. A lady, a, really... a lady, a lady. <laughs> Two ladies in one show. She's a really under underrated artist. Yeah, I think uh, deserves a listen. She has a, a pretty impressive catalog at this point now, too. Uh, so, Laura Marling, definitely check her out. And uh, there's cool. Uh, kind of post-punk um, record by a band called Cloud Nothings, who I, I really enjoy them a lot. Uh, right name of the record is uh, Life Without Sound. I think we talked about them on the last show, actually. Um, but that came out earlier this year, and it's, it's definitely worth a listen. And, oh yeah, I almost forgot. There's one electronic record I wanted to give a plug to, too. Um, ours by the name of Black Mass. He put out a record called The World Eater, which is... Really cool sounding. Um, you know, you were saying it sounded like uh, a tape machine blew up or something, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it's rewinding and fast forwarding at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's a little out there, but it's got some cool sounds on it. Uh, the name of the record is World Eater, and we're gonna play the second track here, Rehus Negative. Yeah, we are. Oh, 
boy. Oh yeah, sixty minutes of that. Oh, it's it's a really good record. I enjoy it. Um, but I also wanted to mention not a new record, but a reissue or a remix, I guess, of the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper just came out a few weeks ago. And I was I don't know if you'd heard this record yet, man, but I was really impressed by how it sounded. It's almost kind of I missed three. I didn't know there was a reissue. You gotta listen to it. It's uh, impressive. Try to get a high quality uh, version of it if you can. It's uh, it sounds incredible. It sounds so much bigger than uh, than I did before. But I've got the original on vinyl. That's the way you're supposed to listen to it, you Judas. <laughs> yeah, we can get into that another time. Oh, we will. We will. <laughs> oh, you're on. All right. All right well, cool. That's a yeah. Quick wrap up of uh, the first half of the year. Um, anything else you want to add, bud? No, I mean that's a lot of records. And, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, there's just so much to listen to it. And, you know, trying to get back to the stuff that you love listening to regularly is a chore almost. It's like, oh, you know, <laughs> we do so much searching and listening that sometimes we, for, you know, I forget to go back to the, the stuff that's in my regular everyday run. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff out there, folks. Start listening. Don't make Don't make all of our effort worth nothing. <laughs> Don't waste our time. <laughs> yeah. So give, give us a listen, listen if you like any of those. And we'd love to hit us up on uh, Twitter. We'd love to uh, talk to you up there or on the website is good as well. Abnerds.com. That's with an A. That's right. Yeah. So uh, just to throw this out there for our friends over at Maker's Tea, this episode has been powered by our very good friends over at Maker's Tea. Uh, they've got great tea. You can go to makerstea.com, use the coupon code ALBUMNERDS for 20% off your next order. Maker's Tea is making great tea easy over at makerstea.com. Loose leaf, fancy stuff, beautiful website. Y'all should go there. I had some today because I've been talking a lot for work, and now I'm talking a lot for not work. So Maker's Tea, head over there. In summation, listen to music, get some Maker's Tea, Go to albumnerds.com, listen to the podcast, listen to the playlists, hit us up on Twitter at albumnerds, on Symbol at albumnerds, uh, go and review the thing, subscribe, make your friends listen to it, and have yourselves, make them, make them, damn it, and have yourselves a wonderful week. We will catch you next time on the Album Nerds Podcast. And Andy's laughing on his way out. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. <laughs>